Matthew chapter 18, 21 through 35 says this. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Come on, we shall forgive. forgive. Come on, we shall forgive. 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 As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, forgave him of the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should not have you mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This morning, as we continue on in our series, Minus One, I want to speak to you from the subject, the ultimate act of subtraction, as we deal with the issue of forgiveness. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word changes us. We thank you that applied to our hearts and our minds and our lives, it shifts things. It does work in our lives. God, ultimately, your word brings the best of who we are out as we submit ourselves to your grace and your presence in our lives. Father, this morning I pray that as we deal with the issue of forgiveness that you would teach us, that you would challenge us, and ultimately if we are dealing with this issue this morning, that you would help equip us to be the people that you've called us to be regarding this issue that is so important to deal with in our lives. We thank you that you modeled forgiveness for us, that you are the ultimate model of all these things that you call us to. So we love you, we praise you, we worship you this morning. May these be your words, not mine. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Uh, just like for fair warning as well, if, uh, if we get into this message like we're about to, don't nudge people next to you, all right? I had, <laughs> I had a family come up to me, and she, she was like, that was all about him. That was all about him. And I was like, whoa, calm down. So anyways, this message is for all of us. All of us this morning. I want you to picture for a minute, if you will, that thing that is really difficult for you to let go of. That thing that's really difficult that maybe causes anxiety or frustration or anger when it comes. Like if you had to like let go of this thing, it would be a very difficult notion at best for you to let go of. I, I have it in my life. It's food. Simple as that. Maybe you're like my, my wife and I. When we go to a restaurant, there's, there's something that is very, very important for our marriage, and that's simply this. Joey, don't share. Okay? In our marriage, we do not share. When we go to a restaurant, occasionally she'll say, hey, do you want to share a dish? And I'll be like, no, we're not going to share a dish. We will not share because when it comes to picking out dishes to eat at restaurants, I have wisdom. She does not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Okay? Okay? 
And this happens every single time. See, she is not like a creature of adventure in terms of food. I like all kinds of different things. I mean, my mom and my dad raised us in such a way that we love, my brother and I, we love all kinds of different food. But she is meat and potatoes type of girl. I love her to death, but it's meat and potatoes, right? And so what happens is when we get into a restaurant scenario, she'll be looking at the menu and I'll be looking at the menu and it just comes alive to me. I can see where my palate is just going to be blessed and it's going to be amazing and she and I know what she's going to pick and I don't want what she's going to pick right and sure enough every single time she orders what she orders and I order what I order and every single time my order is placed in front of me she looks at hers and she looks at mine she goes "Ooh, that looks good (laughs) can I have some to which I stab her in the hand with my fork and so no, you cannot have any. This is my, I have a hard time letting go of this food that I've so diligently thought about. I scoured over the menu. This, this, is, this is my food. And while a simple illustration and shallow at best, a lot of us, when it comes to the issue of forgiveness, it's very much the same. We have a hard time letting go of things. We've spent the past few weeks dealing with this issue of subtraction in our lives. And as I've been thinking about it and working through it, I've come to realize, and and really am at this place, when it comes to forgiveness, it is the ultimate act of subtraction in our life. Like it is really the greatest thing that we can do when it comes to letting go of things. When it comes to forgiveness, the act of letting go, it is a very difficult notion for us and for many of us flat-out impossibility. See, we have family and friends and bosses and employees, co-workers, in-laws, wives, husbands, children. We are a part of a church family. We are in relationship to one degree or another, which why forgiveness is such a massive issue. Come on, show of hands. How many of you have been hurt at one point or another in a relationship? Little or big? Almost all of us. And if not, don't worry, it'll come. Put that out there. <laughs> Why? Because in the tension of relationship, wounds happen. I would be lying if I said that in the past 12 years of, of relationship with my wife, marriage, the past 20 plus years of relationship, that we haven't hurt each other a time or two. But I also know that in our marriage, forgiveness is key. It's a massive part of who we have to be. We have to learn how to be able to let go of things. We have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to do this beautiful dance of forgiveness with each other because she's going to say things. I'm going to say things. She's going to do things. I'm going to do things. Things are going to happen where forgiveness becomes an issue. With family, friends. I want to tell you this morning that being a part of a church, forgiveness will be an issue. Why? Because church people are nutty sometimes. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Stuff happens, but I always say this, man. Church is one of the greatest places that the actual gospel that's preached every single weekend should ultimately be worked out. Yeah. Right? It's interesting to me that we flee from churches where we have to work out the gospel. Come on, somebody. We flee from the very place that's like, that person hurt me. I'm out. What? Jesus and his disciples, just think about that little crew for a second, right? That was like a little mini church, and think about the crazy that was involved with that. 
I mean, Peter, he's chopping people's ears off. Has that happened to you here? <laughs> right? <laughs> you got Judas, you got Downing Thomas, you got John who's like, I'm going to sit next to Jesus. And who's your favorite? Right? All of these weird personal <laughs> personnel, all these things happening that it's kind of like, come on. And this is where forgiveness. So no matter where you're at in your relational world, forgiveness is always going to be something that we have to deal with. We've got to learn to let go. John chapter 13, 34 through 35 says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. What does that verse have to do with practical forgiveness? The key phrase being, just as I have loved you. And if you take any amount of time just to study scripture, we see that wrapped up in the love of Jesus is forgiveness. I was just talking to somebody after the first service, and they said, man, you know what's interesting is that term love. Love is a term that's tossed around a lot around our society, even around here in our lives. Love, is, love has become not as weighty as it used to be, right? But here's the thing that we were chatting about as we were talking. If you understand that love contains forgiveness, love becomes a lot weightier. So we got right now in our world, just love one another, just love people. We talk about it in church, we're talking about it on social media, we're talking about it on TV. If the world just had love, but let me ask you this question, is your love willing to forgive? And if it is, then we can really start talking about love. And we fail to realize, we want to strip out all of these things that make love the weightiness that it has to it. Because love, man, at its fundamental core, when we love just as Jesus loved, forgiveness is a product of love. Paul would write in Colossians 3, 12 through 15, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Forgiving each other, forgiving each other, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, watch what he says, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. They don't, they're not mutually exclusive. They don't stand alone. They're married. See, to love means to be a person that is able to forgive, to love means that you possess the ability to forgive. So then, as always, the appropriate question is this, how? How do we do this? Because forgiveness is not about our human temperament. It's not about our personalities. I mean, we can't run around and say, well, it's just not my personality to forgive. It's just not my thing. I'm not built that way. You do you, boo-boo, but I'm not built that way. That's not what this is about. See, it's overriding in our lives. God didn't care what your personality is. It's what he's called you to. And listen, I want you to hear this very clear. Calling always overrides your personality. Always. Calling always overrides who you believe that you are because it's about who he's created you to be. So what I want to do this, with the remainder of our time this morning is I want to just work through 
some truths about forgiveness that I believe will help us uh, with the practical application of forgiveness this morning. Okay, remember, this is the part, no nudging people next to you. You just look straight ahead, all right? And, uh, and we're going to work through this. First thing, every shot number one for me. Number one, forgiveness is more about personal sacrifice than practical atonement. Forgiveness is more about personal sacrifice than practical atonement. See, forgiveness is the ultimate act of subtraction because it comes down to what I have what I have to let go of rather than what the person has done and whether or not they have tried to atone for their wrong. But that's how a lot of us view forgiveness. See, a lot of us see forgiveness as simply that. I will forgive when. Have you ever said that before? I will forgive when I get an apology, when I get something said, when they come and stand before me, when they give back what they've taken away, when they do this, when they do this, if and then, if and when. Forgiveness is not an if, then, and when game. Forgiveness, like we said a minute ago, is a calling from on high. Forgiveness is more about personal sacrifice than practical atonement. Let me illustrate it this way this morning. I've got two kids right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's just weird to say that. So, in our house, my two kiddos are 15, they're 15 months apart. Uh, we got Shiloh and, and Justice, and they, they are the best of buds. I mean, they, they love each other. They do everything together. I mean, it's really cool to watch. They're, they're going to be the best of friends, and, and Shiloh will beat people up for Justice. And so, um, <laughs> but uh, he's a lover, not a fighter. And so, but in our house, there's, because they're so close, we're starting to get into the argumentative phase, right? We're starting to get into the phase where they're clashing a, a lot more. And so usually it typically goes like this. Voices rise in our house because, well, we're not a quiet house, if you haven't noticed. And so in our house, all of a sudden, you'll hear, you'll hear Shiloh start yelling at, at Justice, You will never come in my room again unless dot, dot, dot. To which we have to run in and we're like, what is going on? Well, Justice did this. And so I told him that I'm not going to be his friend anymore. Or, or he can't come in my room. Or we're not going to play. You know, Justice will do it sometimes. I'm not going to play with you anymore, Shiloh. And so we've got to pull them aside and we've got to go, hey, listen, listen, guys. We've got to learn to forgive each other for the wrongs that we've done. We've got to learn to like, say, because if we do it this way, we're always going to be demanding things from people. That people do this, 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 and this in order to be in our good graces, in order for us to forgive. But that's not actually what it's about. See, forgiveness is about personal sacrifice. It's about me being able to let go of something, regardless of whether they've been able to atone for that, for that something. And that's what we read about in this parable that Jesus said. He's like, listen guys, this, this master forgave because it was out of a different place. It was actually personal sacrifice on the master's part to forgive the way that he did and not exact the debt. And my concern is for a lot of us that we see it the other way. I will only forgive you if you do this. Come on, you ever been there before? I will only forgive you if you apologize. I will only forgive you if that action that you did against me is in your face every day for the rest of your life. Come on, this is where it gets real. I know right now, this is what's so interesting about this subject matter. When we deal with forgiveness, and especially in a Sunday morning, I, I can feel it even right now. I felt it in the first service. It rises up and this thing inside of people are going, but, but Jason, you don't know what I've gone through. 
You don't know that thing that's been done to me. How dare you ask me to give forgiveness sacrificially and not demand atonement on the behalf of somebody else. But you don't even know what was done to me. You're right. I don't know what was done to you. I don't know what was said to you. I know in my family there's all kinds of different things that have been done. That if we were to share them openly, because of history and everything like that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I, I know. Trust me, as a pastor I hear some pretty gnarly stuff. And to watch forgiveness be ushered without condition is literally to watch the presence of God saturate somebody's life. When forgiveness is ushered, it is an anointing that saturates people's lives. When I have a couple sitting in my office who's just gone through an affair, one of the worst betrayals that you can experience as a, as a married couple, and to watch forgiveness without atonement take place, and all of a sudden the grace and the presence of Jesus rushes into that room. Why would we not forgive when we can experience the greatest amount of his grace and presence in our life when we usher something sacrificially? Jesus hung on a cross, and he put his arms out as they were nailed to these beams, and he said, it is finished. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. One of the greatest miracles to ever take place. We've got to be the type of people that can sacrificially give Forgiveness. Lewis B. Smeads wrote in his book, Forgive and Forget, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a tumor out of your inner life. You set a prisoner free, but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself. Yeah. A lot of us are locked up in a prison of forgiveness or unforgiveness because we can't deal with this thing because we haven't understood the power of sacrificial giving. And I'm not talking about materials. I'm talking about the sacrificial giving of forgiveness. It was what was modeled in Jesus upon the cross. Second thing that we need to understand, Michelle, number two for me. Forgiveness is not an event. It is a process. Forgiveness is not an event, it is a process. Every single one of us in this room this morning has a story, some good, some not so good. Many of our stories represent tragedy, pain. Others in here, our stories represent quite the opposite. And like I said, whenever you do a message on forgiveness, we end up dealing with this, this thought process that's going through our minds. And I've literally talked to people after service about this. They're, yeah, I'm sitting there the whole entire time, and I've got this issue of forgiveness in tension with what I know has happened in my life. And I don't know how to reconcile those two things. I don't know how I get myself to forgive when I look at the caliber of that infraction upon my life. And I understand that. I, I, I get and as I've studied scripture and as I've worked with people for many, many years now, this is why I can come to the conclusion that, look, forgiveness is not just an event, it's a process in our lives as well. 
So what does the process look like? Well, first we have to actually choose that I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to forgive Seth for all the bad things that he's ever done to me. There's a list of them. I first got to make the, the choice that I'm going to forgive. I've got to stand here today and I'm saying, I'm choosing to forgive. Come on, some of the married people in here, you need to hear this this morning. You've got to make a choice. You're standing at odds with each other with the line drawn in the sand. Somebody's got to choose at a certain moment. Don't do this thing where it's like, I'll take half a step, she take half a step, and we're going to meet at the line right at the same time. Somebody's got to be bold enough. Somebody's got to be daring enough. Somebody's got to be big enough to say, I'm going to choose today to forgive. And some of us are holding on to some things where we got to not just choose, but we got to throw ourselves at choosing, and we got to put ourselves into it. Today, I choose to forgive. Today I choose. we got to make a choice. The second part of that process after choosing is that we have to depend upon God. And here's where we get mixed up. Because we think our power and ability to forgive comes from an internal power that we possess. Yeah, no. Because you'll quickly hate that person again. We talked about this last, your self runs out. Right? Your self runs out. So we have to depend on who? God. To give us everything that we need in order to do this ultimate act of sacrifice. Because let's be honest. Can we just be real? Like, none of us really want to forgive. Come on, right? Like, there's times my, I, I don't want to forgive. I, why? I know that I'm never going to get anything back from that person. That person doesn't even probably care. You ever been there before? We don't forgive because we believe that the other person could care less whether we forgive them or not. And they may not, but that's the point. Forgiveness is not about them, it's about you. It's about you. Because while they're running around in their life not caring, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, you're over here stewing. I can't believe this person, and your inner world looks like a scene from the aliens, and it's just... We've got to depend on God in this process. Choose, depend, the third part of this process, obey. Nike hit it when they said, just do it. <laughs> just do it. We can wrestle with it. We can justify our lack of forgiveness. We can rationalize the whys and the why nots. But at the end of the day, we just have to get on with it. The balance of all this is time. Come on, we shot time. It takes time. I get that. Time is a necessary partner in all of this. However, be careful, because too much time and we can easily slip into bitterness and resentment. And I believe that as long as our heart and our head are in motion towards forgiveness, then we are on the right track. Can I, can I just highlight some other things too, just so that we're clear on some stuff? Forgiveness is not saying that I need that person back in my life. Okay? And a lot of us do this. The reason that a lot of us are fearful of forgiveness is because we believe somehow that, okay, well, we look at forgiveness as this, like this really weak, I'm going to become a doormat. I'm just going to forgive this person, let this person back into my life, and then they're just, just going to trample all over me again. But that's not actually the truth. I can love a brother from a distance. <laughs> that's so unchristian. No, it's not. No, not at all. See, our faith doesn't make us doormats. Our faith doesn't make us doormats. It gives us the strength to do what others will simply not choose to do. 
But it doesn't mean that I have to allow dysfunction back into my life. I don't need to allow hurt back into my life. I don't need to allow pain back into my life. I don't need to allow abuse back into my life. Come on, somebody needs to hear this this morning. I don't care how you justify it. I don't need to allow it back in. But I don't also need to allow the unforgiveness to ruin my inner world and cause bitterness and resentment and frustration. I can forgive. I've had people in my life who have done me wrong. And I'm able to forgive. Listen, some of you need to write this down. It's better to love from a distance than to hate in proximity. Did you hear that? Sometimes it's better to love from a distance than it is to hate in proximity. So we got to choose, we got to depend, we got to obey. And then the third thing is this. Every shot, number three. Third truth that we understand about forgiveness is that forgiveness subtracts what could quickly add up in our lives. I say that one more time. Forgiveness subtracts what could quickly add up in our lives. As we came to the end of fall this year, we had to start dealing with our house. You guys know it. Shut down the house, get it ready for winter, do your winterizing, do all the stuff. And Eric and I stopped, stepped into our backyard one afternoon and we looked at what was seemingly called the backyard. Weeds had gotten a little bit out of control, right? So I decided we're going to call somebody. Like, that's just all we can do. We're going to call somebody and we're going to start, like, we're going to arson this thing. And so, so we called somebody and they showed up and literally the dude had the gall and the audacity to stand on my back porch. And he's like, what happened? <laughs> and I said to him, look, it's not your job to make a moral judgment here. How much to do my yard? <laughs> so what happened? I was like, bro, like the mountains were calling this summer, right? You all know, right? And so I was like, the mountains are calling. And, and when it was a choice between the mountains and my backyard, mountains. And twice on Sunday. So I just didn't get around to the weeds. And I mean, like, mind you, I'm not talking like small weeds. I'm talking like Jumanji back there, all right? <laughs> okay? The monkeys were running around and like bat-sized mosquitoes coming out of the thing. Like it was Jumanji in my backyard. And and what I quickly realized, and as I thought about this, I was like, man, left unintended, weeds grow like crazy. These things start stacking up, and one day, come on, maybe you've justified it like this. Ah, oh, not this weekend. Because they don't look that bad, right? Like when they start to pop up, you look at them, and they're like, ah, they're good. Have you noticed three days later, they're no longer good? They're monsters, so back there three days later, now it's not like, ah, oh, they're good. We should do something about this. And then your wife's like, you should do something about this. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it on Saturday. Saturday rolls around. Saturday's our family and our children. So we're like, ah, no, let's go into the mountains, all right? So we go up into the mountains because the mountains cure all things. Maybe I'll come back and, and it'll be gone. The Lord loves us. And so it'll just, he'll wipe it out, right? She's that anointing and so we come back and sure enough they're bigger and they're bigger four weeks goes by five weeks goes by the entire summer and then through fall comes by and you look in your backyard and like where did all of this come from and what i've started to realize is that when we have unforgiveness in our lives it does the same exact thing see at first glance it's all right you know them god you deal with them and then i'll deal with them 
You know the situation, God, and we can justify and, and rationalize why I shouldn't need to forgive. It's a, I'll get around to it. After I feel a little bit better about it, after the wound is not as, as gaping and large, when things have started to heal up a little bit, failing to realize that your greatest healing comes through forgiveness, but that's a whole other topic. And so we walk through this process and we go, man, what is going on? And by the time we get four weeks, five weeks, some of us a year, some of us ten years, and then we look at the, the subject, we look at what we're dealing with, and we look at our inner world and there's weeds everywhere and we ask ourselves, how did I get here? But forgiveness subtracts what could quickly add up in our lives. The most beautiful picture took place. So this guy is standing on my back porch, judging me in my backyard. <laughs> I invited him to church because he needed to be dealt with too, so... How much is this going to be? Da, 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 da. So we, we figure out the price. And, all right, we land on a price. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll pay you that money. So how quick, how quick can you get it done? He's like, we'll be out of here in two hours. I was like, what? <laughs> two hours? Are you serious? I was like, all right. And I didn't believe him at first. I was like, no way. He's not going to be out of, in and out of here in like two hours. Sure enough, he shows up with just this crew of guys. And they fly into the backyard. I mean like angels from on high. <laughs> and they fly into the backyard and just like things are flying, stuff is buzzing, mowers are going, dude just running around our back garden area and he's just like all these things are just like it's all happening. And all of a sudden, and like I'm, I'm not even joking, it was like six to ten guys back there just making all of this happen. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Can you guys do this every week? And they left, boom, as quick as they were in, they were gone. We went to the backyard, it was like extreme makeover. It's pristine and beautiful looking. And he's like, everything's ready for the springtime. You guys will have to do, do, do this, do this, do this, so that we don't have to come back again. I said, okay. But what I was amazed at, and the picture that just still stands out to me, is how quickly these guys moved through our backyard to clear everything out. And that is the same thing that grace does when forgiveness is ushered. We forgive and all of a sudden it comes rushing in and starts clearing out weeds and dirt and muck and mire, brokenness and frustration and resentment and bitterness. comes in and clears everything out. Some of us married couples in here this morning are so at odds with each other and we've got a field of weeds in between us where if we would just usher forgiveness, all of a sudden, God's grace comes in and just starts annihilating those weeds and clearing open space. It doesn't mean that it fixes all the problems. It just creates open space for us to get on with the business of fixing things. You may have a friend, you may have a, a loved one, you may have someone at church right now. It may be me. But forgiveness clears it out. We need to understand that forgiveness subtracts what could quickly add up in our lives. Don't let unforgiveness add up. 
I want to say this to some of us in here this morning. Stop. Stop. So I can talk. Don't allow what happened in that last relationship to dictate what's happening in this one. Don't allow the unforgiveness in that relationship to filter over to this one. Don't allow what happened at church that one time, no matter what background you're coming from. I've talked to a lot of people lately who have church hurt. And I want to be sensitive and I want to be delicate, but I also want to be your pastor this morning. Don't allow unforgiveness to harbor in your heart. Because here's the thing, you will never find perfect. You will never find a place that you will not have to usher forgiveness. But don't let it carry over. Don't let the wrongs of the past carry over into the future. Learn to forgive and allow that forgiveness to minister to your heart. And I think we would do well to understand this last point. Forgiveness subtracts what quickly adds up in our lives. I'm going to invite everybody just to stand to your feet right now.